0: Screenless. Hello, and welcome to another creative cuppa. A slightly different format from now on, or should I say, evolving format. I've had all these chats with amazing guests because I'm fascinated by the common creative threads that run through all creative jobs. The common fears of rejection, the common sheer passion for creating something out of nothing. It seems like those feelings are exactly the same whether you're a composer like me, or a photographer, or a scriptwriter. I suppose it means next time someone says no, you're not alone or if someone gives you some lovely feedback or buys something you've created, that feeling you get is being felt by all sorts of other creative people around the world. Talking of creative people, today's guest is Carolyn Wiper, composer-agent. We had a really nice chat over a cuppa about her work and creative life, so it might be a good time to hit the pause button, make yourself a nice cuppa. Enjoy. Carolyn Wiper, agent for composers, directors and screenwriters, welcome to Creative Cuppa.
1: Thank you very much.
0: You're very welcome. Uh, now, you joined forces with your husband back in the 80s to mm. form SMA Talent, your company. Yeah. But before that, you had a quite a varied career, mostly based around music. Yes. What, what is it about music that attracted you in the first place to make it your career?
1: I think it's just in my blood, in my DNA. I come from quite a musical family. Not perf- well, I say not performers. My grandmother was actually a dancer on the stage. Oh wow! Uh, way back when, yeah, and sort of variety in the good old days of variety. And I've I've just always been around theatre, music, drama, and starting off. What do I want to do? Don't know, but something in show business. Got a job as a secretary which is what girls did in those days. <laughs> uh, somebody had to do their typing for them. And um, that sort of got me into the business and stayed, you know, loved it. And um, worked my way up through various companies, met lots of lovely people along the way. And, you know, as it, as it goes, you, know, you get introduced to people, you change jobs, you go up in the world. Um, and then when I met my husband through um, through the business, uh, that's Olaf, Olaf Wiper, we carried on sort of working for other people in the business, um, sometimes together, and latterly not because it was a little bit sort of cheesy. And then um, he decided he wanted to leave the the big companies and uh, do stuff on his own. And I thought, well, let's let's give it a go to do it together.
0: Was there a kind of a catalyst moment where you thought, yes, being an agent is the thing?
1: Not really. We were more on the marketing side of things then we had a sort of marketing consultancy and um, one of the first jobs we did was um, the Walker Brothers when they reformed oh, wow. and uh, they had no regrets and through contacts of um, and history uh, with us they actually or Scott in particular wanted uh, Olaf to work on the campaign so that's sort of that's where our work was taking us and then one day We got a phone call from Mike Moran. I don't know if you're aware of Mike. Uh, That name rings a bell. A lot of people know him because he had a hit with uh, Eurovision. uh, Oh, wow. With uh, Lindsay DePaul called Rock Bottom. Uh, (laughs) Long, (laughs) long, long, long long time ago. And um, he was also played with Queen a lot and recorded with Queen and he produced Freddie. He produced Barcelona, composed it and... Conducted it when they did live shows, da 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 da. And we'd both known Mike for donkeys years and hired him as a musician. And he phoned up one day and he said, Can you help me? He said, I'm about to turn 40, my partner's pregnant, and my accountant's dropped dead. And he said, well, so, <laughs> I can handle being 40, I can handle being a dad, but I have no idea about yeah. my business. Um, can you help me? Will you manage me? So we thought, yeah, why not? You know, it's easy, he's a musician. But little did we know that he was also a film composer that got us into that side of things and then a queue started forming to to our door of musicians that we knew that <laughs> weren't represented yeah. or were represented by agents actors who didn't know the first thing about music i'm generalizing here yeah. and one thing led to another and then um, i decided that i wanted to concentrate on uh, on the music side that was a long time ago now, and sort of slowly built up the business. Well, quickly actually built up the business because nobody was doing what we were doing.
0: Yes, well, I was going to say that you know, clearly you were doing something that attracted the attention of all those people. Yeah. To come queuing at your door.
1: Well, we knew that all these guys from um, working right. in studios yeah. in, in uh, record companies and stuff, and uh, it was exciting. It was new, and personally, I loved film. So it wasn't a hardship. It was lovely to get into that world.
0: That's amazing. So leaping forwards, you recently published a series of videos to Instagram, uh, yes. which are really good. <laughs> and I'm very candid and honest, um, giving advice to composers trying to break into the TV and film industry. Yeah,
1: thank you.
0: There, there are misconceptions about what the role of an agent is, uh, yes. which you certainly made clear in your videos and certainly in the composing world, I don't know what it's like for directors and screenwriters. Mm. What do you consider to be the role of an agent?
1: Well, I, I believe that I do things slightly differently to a lot of other agents. And so what I believe the role of an agent is and what an agent usually is, is slightly ah, okay. different. Okay. Because I come from a background of record companies, music publishing, PR, that sort of thing, and knowing the industry inside out... It's a bit more management and mentoring and promoting uh, marketing, definitely. That's just second nature to me. And I think the role is to support your clients, for sure. Not kowtow to them, but but guide them, lead them. You know, I hope that doesn't sound too sort of um, posy, but just to sort of, obviously, the business side of things. Yeah. But I think... Coming from the background that I do, I understand what's possible, what's not possible. And often I can help along the way to sort of make producers, some producers, think outside of the box a little bit. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) No, the the leadership thing I definitely relate to because, you know, I became a composer in 2011. Yeah, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Mm. And so to have someone... Uh, With that kind of experience, Mm. uh, it it seems natural that leadership is going to be part of those qualities that that make you a successful agent.
1: Yeah. And I think it's very important as well for clients to realise that we're not just about the money in the deal. Mm. Um, And I get the impression that a lot of agents, that's really all they're interested in. Yes, of course, it's a business. It's show business and we have a business and we've got to earn money. But, you know, we we take... um, I keep saying we it's me because I just do the music side <laughs> I yeah. take a sort of um see the big picture and it might take a while to get from A to B but it's what you do along the way to get there mm. and making mm. friends and being transparent and it's not always about the money sometimes it's about mm. the as I said in my videos and it's sometimes more about the relationship with the with the people if if it's a new director perhaps or new producer perhaps mm. but you get the feeling that they're going to go places and it's a really good script then you know throw your mm. lot in a little bit sometimes
0: yeah and I suppose when you're a, a creative worker like mm. a composer or a, a screenwriter you are really concentrating on the minutiae of things yeah. so to have someone who's stood back looking at the bigger picture for you that's quite encouraging and uh reaffirming I suppose
1: yeah good Good. Well, sometimes, you know, as you say, you look at the minutiae as a creative person. And sometimes I have to say to a composer, whoa, 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 look, you're getting paid <laughs> X for this. Why would you want to spend X plus Y? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be seen, I don't know, some funny old channel, um, perhaps not too many people. The, the The music nine times out of ten is so uh, mixed in lo- low on
0: the track yeah yeah you know
1: come on <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're, the dreamers. they're the dreamers i know i
1: know but you have um, to say it in a nice way so yes because you, you don't destroy uh, <laughs> those creative juices <laughs>
0: um so my kind of co-producing partner in crime on podcast dan watts and i had mm. um composer ian arbor as a guest last year on our podcast, Making a Soundtrack.
1: Oh, did you? Oh, lovely Ian.
0: And he and Dave Roundtree, also yeah. part of your roster, uh, yeah. composed the soundtrack to the BBC drama, The Capture, which yeah. is exciting and terrifying in isn't equal measure. Isn't it just brilliant? It's so, it's brilliant so believable, soundtrack. isn't it? Uh, yes, yeah. Oof. Because they collaborated on that. How did that come yeah. about? Do you find that people on your books naturally collaborate with each other or has that been something that you encourage and nurture?
1: A bit of both, really. Dave Rantree came to us through his partner in life, Michelle De Vries. I don't know if you know Michelle.
0: Okay. No. She's I a music Michelle.
1: supervisor and I've known Michelle for donkey's years when we were both working at, um, she was working for Tony Smith, A Hit and Run. Um, Tony manages Phil Collins, Genesis, amongst others and uh, tony's company was uh, in partnership with our company at the time and we launched an american office in la which was very exciting courtesy of mr smith so how, how did we link up again I, I can't remember to be honest but it was through michelle and saying that david wanted to do more soundtrack uh, work he'd done a little bit and one thing led to, and then I, I worked with Michelle for a while, and I think she felt that David would fit in well with what we're doing and personality-wise, because that's so important as well. Mm. You know, you've got to get on as people and you certainly somebody like David, who's had experience with managers and agents uh, from Blur and on, on that side of things. So he got on very well as people. He obviously felt that he could trust me to represent him. But the problem is he hadn't done that much. And it's very much like America here now where credits speak volumes. Irrespective, you could be the most brilliant composer on, on earth. Yeah. But unless you can prove that you've done it a few times and you know the pressure, the deadlines, all those things, keeping your mouth shut when you should and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's how it happened. And Michelle had worked with Ian on some bits and pieces for Fullwell, and which is James Corden's company right forward, okay. yeah. so we sort of introduced the two guys they got on like a house on fire did some experiment experimentation and decided on how they could work together so david on with his electronic things and his rhythms and percussion yeah. and all that and ian with his more slightly more uh well more experience doing the job
0: yeah
1: and melodic side and it just seemed it would work and it did <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. It's a, it's a really good pairing, actually, because mm. yes, like you say, I mean, Ian's probably more orchestral yeah. background, Dave more electronica, and uh, that's a really great meeting of of styles, isn't it? It's yeah. Really good. But,
1: but curiously, uh, more and more people are collaborating. We do try and encourage that within a, a, our little band of people. Pardon the pun. But we, <laughs> <laughs> since uh, lockdown, we've been having regular Zoom meetings with all our clients, and sometimes, or oh, there could be sort of 15 composers gassing, either talking, <laughs> just generally talking or sometimes being a bit more serious. Yeah. And so they've got to know each other through that. There's an, there's another advantage of lockdown. They've yeah. started to collaborate because people have had more time on their hands and uh, some really, really interesting collaborations. So to give you an example of something that's recently happened, um, we've just um, agreed to represent Jack Severetti, oh wow Uh, congratulations yes very very exciting um (laughs) and he's working for on soundtracks he's working with Nikolai taupe larson okay talk talk Nikolai talk uh larson so that's really exciting and they work together on the record side and nico is jack's md in the studio they write together write songs together go on the road together that sort of thing and he's already done a few movies so it just, again, seemed a perfect collaboration. Yeah. So I talked to Jack's manager and Nico's manager. Different, and Again, that goes back many, many years where we crossed paths before. Yeah. And um, giving it a go. So this has just happened. We've just got the tracks together. So I'm going to start. Oh,
0: fantastic. That's really exciting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, really exciting.
0: And a, and a sort of star making in a way. You know, you, you're introducing yeah You've kind of made that collaboration so uh you know a few films down the line when he's picking up his oscars and...
1: that would be nice <laughs> That would be nice. but well, yeah. i don't know if, if you're aware of, of jack's music but um his last album that sure. he did which is called candlelight uh, and that track in particular is so filmic i mean it could be il postino yeah. it could be cinema of uh, paradiso and I, I can hear it i can see it so can he so and yeah that's what yeah. we're going to go for you know those sort of things
0: yeah. And he's incredibly popular, isn't he? You know, well, looking like that, he would be, wouldn't he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So com is your yeah. website. Yeah. Where can people find you elsewhere online?
1: Oh, my God. We're all over the place. <laughs> We're on you know, all social media platforms all the time. Yeah. Again, because of lockdown in particular, I just thought it was important just to keep a presence Um, just so when the button is pressed again, that people probably a bit sort of, you know, in the head, drip, 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 SMA talent, people that don't know us. And also it gives us something to do. It keeps uh, composers bolstered a little bit that they're being interviewed, that uh, Little Black Book we're on quite a lot, interviews with them. Yeah, all, all the
0: social medias. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I'll put those links in the show notes for thank you as you. well.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Um, but for now, Carolyn Wiper, thank you so much for joining me for a cuppa.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay.
0: Thanks again to Carolyn for joining me, and thank you, dear listeners. What's the uh, what's the collective noun for creative cuppa listeners? Teas and coffees, mugs. Mm, bit rude i'd love to hear your suggestions so come and say hello on instagram facebook or twitter or all of them using at screenless pod. all of those links are on the website at creativecupper.uk and indeed in the show notes right there in your podcast app until next time have a great week